0: It's Jess, welcome and welcome back to the Not Carrie Bradshaw podcast where I discuss all things style, pop culture, and wellness and whatever else I feel like talking about that week. Thank you guys for joining me again or joining me for the first time. If you are new here, please stand so that you can be awkwardly recognized by everybody in the congregation. Hey girl. You have been acknowledged. So, as per usual, I like to kick every episode off with a fashion tip. This week's fashion tip is for you guys to read the article that I wrote for Fashionista. It is in the episode description. I had the pleasure of interviewing three really dope black designers. um, Kimberly Goldson, Rich Fresh, and Christian Loren. Um, These designers... I always take it really seriously and put myself under a lot of pressure to properly interview and write up stories about black designers because coming from a fashion background having studied it continuing to study it um, I consider myself a lifelong student of fashion because I have a sincere interest in it and also having worked in fashion for a number of years I take it very seriously, the opportunity to highlight black designers, especially independent black designers. I think we give so much credence to rappers and musicians who go independent. It's basically the same kind of idea. When it comes to fashion designers, they don't have the financial backing or the economies of scale that mainstream designers have. And I think it's important that we elevate, especially Our black luxury designers, they deserve to be elevated to the same level as any other luxury designer. Um, During the interview, I posed the question to them, you know, how do you feel about the black community or some people in the black community saying that you should make clothing that's more affordable, given the wealth disparity of Black people in this country. And I think that for people who shop luxury, you would gladly pay $800 for a teeny tiny small leather goods item from Louis Vuitton. And you wouldn't question that at all. But these designers who oftentimes are in the same stores as... The names that you know, you scrutinize why their products cost just as much. If you're not going to question Louis Vuitton about why it costs that much, why are you scrutinizing independent black luxury designers in the same way? Something to think about. So read the article, get familiar with these brands. If you are a person who can afford and who routinely shops luxury, please incorporate these designers in your lineup of places to shop and brands to shop brands to know they're really dope they're really cool people they put a lot of work into their craft and I consider it an honor to be able to speak with them and to speak to their journey so that's my fashion tip get to know those guys if you got the coin shop with them or whatever and buy me something too thank you in advance this episode I want to talk about a few of the ways that I have been finding comfort at this point in the pandemic i think we are on are on month six i want to say i'm doing okay but it changes from day to day and moment to moment so i have found a few ways to find comfort this past couple of weeks i also want to talk a little bit about celebrity culture some of the things that i'm seeing online discussing child support and co-parenting so I have questions and I have opinions as per usual, y'all already know. So stay tuned so we can get into some things. See you in the okay guys, welcome back. I am working really hard on not doing the filler words or the filler sounds thing. I feel like I'm a little bit out of practice. In terms of my podcasting so bear with me if that's bothering you I promise I'm working on it this week I have been binge watching girlfriends because I'm a human person and like why wouldn't you hello I know that I used to watch girlfriends when it was on UPN and I think at some point I just kind of fell out of watching it I don't know what happened but As I'm rewatching this show, a few things are happening. Number one, I have found great comfort in watching this show. I don't know if it's the aesthetic, the softness of it. I don't know if it just reminds me of a simpler time in my upbringing or in my history or my coming of age. I don't know if it's the clothes like why were we wearing belts so unnecessarily back then but then it's also the timelessness of some of the looks some of the things that Joan wears I'm like chef you just updated the accessories and the shoes we still gotta look honey there's something really comforting right now during this pandemic about watching this show and I just feel so appreciative of it Some of the discussions that I've seen, the show's created by Mara Brock Akil, who has had her hand in so many amazing things. I don't know if you guys remember the show Love Is. That was on, what's Oprah's name? It was on OWN. We only got one season because some things happened. You know what? I'm not going to comment because I don't know what actually happened and I don't believe in spreading false news, but... That was a really fun show to discuss about the dynamics between men and women when it comes to dating, but Mar Brock Akil is a beast. I'm really happy to see that Netflix has released Girlfriends so that we can all relive this iconic show about these four black women and their homeboy. And I have really just been cozying up in my bed or on my sofa with some ramen. And enjoying the hell out of watching the show. So, like I said, um, one of the things I saw Mar Brock Kill say is that when she was creating Girlfriends, she wanted Joan and Tony to be the Carrie and Big love story, right? And I think she did that spot on because Joan and Tony have this cat and mouse kind of friendship where... They both really need each other, but they both really let each other down in profound ways. And you're looking at both of them like, what are you getting out of this? And as an adult, I'm like, damn, Leon is so trifling. Like, how do you just live your life quitting so many things and living off of so many people and putting the people that you love in uncomfortable positions because they don't want to give up on you? So... You know, Lynn is shitty at certain points. Tony is shitty at certain points. Joan is shitty at a lot of points. And Maya, I think, might be the most even-keeled one. Again, I'm binge-watching right now. I think I'm on season four. So I haven't gotten all the way back through. So I may, you know, backtrack on some of the things that I said at a later time when I get done binge-watching. But something that jumped out at me that I wanted to discuss is... I was talking to one of my good homegirls. If you listen to, hi, friend, I love you. She actually inspired me to get off my ass today and record this episode where we were talking about how each one of the ladies at some point in the show was shitty. And I said, you know what? I'm watching this show in such harsh judgment because as a 33-year-old woman, I don't know how I thought these women had their lives so together when I was younger, but now being 33, looking at the show with different eyes, so many things hit differently, and I think I feel so judgmental of them, because when you think about it, we have all, in some ways, at different points in our lives, been shitty people, either to ourselves or to the people who we love, so this show is actually just spot on accurate, this is a part of what it looks like when you have no boundaries, Or you don't know how to enforce your boundaries. Or you're an emotionally avoidant person like Tony. Or it's taking you a really long time to find your purpose in life like Lynn. Or Maya, this person who came from a completely different background from the other ladies. And who is just now kind of finding her footing. And in some ways feels that she's maybe delayed, you know, professionally. I also want to say that I hate Darnell. I want to fight, bruh. I think that he's too rough. I think that Maya needed her ass beat for letting Darnell talk to her friends like that with the whole watch incident. Like, if you let y'all dude talk to me crazy and I'm your good homegirl, I got smoke for both of y'all. Like, don't let no man talk to you crazy. Don't let no man talk to your homegirls crazy. Like, what are you doing? Anyway, the other thing that I noticed was something that I've been kind of picking up in the collective consciousness conversation lately, which is... The fact that when you don't have boundaries with people, when you devote yourself so much to people that you're putting yourself on hold, that breeds resentment. And for Joan, she's this person who prides herself on being such a great friend and being such a good person and being so available to so many people in her life and then she feels like she doesn't get that in return. And she gets resentful and she blows up on people. I think right now where I am on on the show, she has blown up on Ellis no less than four times. And this is something that I saw Carrie Bradshaw do on Sex and the City when I was rewatching that. Several times she will blow up on these guys and it's like, well, these men haven't changed. These men have been who they were from day one. What's changed is your standards, and you're too afraid of being by yourself to enforce the standard or to enforce the boundary. And I think it's just spot on accurate. I'm also really liking how they addressed the AIDS, pe- uh, the AIDS epidemic especially as it related to black women. I think they did a great job of looking at family dynamics. When you look at Toni and her family with her mom, who is played by queen of my life, Jennifer Lewis, I love her so much. But, you know, with this alcoholic mom and, you know, one sister feeling one way and another sister, I, I just think that that dynamic was explored really, really well. And I also really enjoy the actress who played Tony's sister. I loved her on community. I wanna say her name is Yvonne Brown, but I might be making that up. Um, I'm just really enjoying watching this show. It makes me feel at home. It makes me feel maybe it makes me feel seen in a way that, you know, when I was younger I wasn't quite a woman. So I couldn't relate to all of this stuff. I still had these ideas about what life is and what life was gonna be and When life plays out and you watch something like this again, it gives you a weird amount of comfort, even though you are kind of (laughs) judging these people. But yeah, my friend made me realize, you know, in real life, we all are kind of shitty sometimes. So why wouldn't a fictionalized or dramatized show exhibit that shittiness you know well yeah when you think back on it the the adult the people who were the adults on all the sitcoms that we watched when we were younger they were all terrible people (laughs) because people are terrible sometimes especially when they're coming of age and figuring things out people are just terrible sometimes so I'm really I think also enjoying the humanity of the show so that's one of the things that's giving me great comfort the other thing that I found very warm and cozy was the versus battle between our good aunties, Patty LaBelle and Gladys Knight. Years ago, I wrote a piece for a now defunct website about how if I were in charge of the Met Gala, one of the exhibits would be just paying homage to every pair of shoes that Patty LaBelle has kicked off during her career. One of my favorite things in the world is the Patty LaBelle hands. I just, I love how expressive she is when she sing. it. Oh, it warms my soul. Uh, Gladys Knight, child, let me tell you something. To this day, I miss Gladys Knight's house of chicken and waffles. I remember back when I first graduated from college, I was so poor and I was spending the night, like we were having this big like group sleepover at one of my friends from college, college's houses. And everybody was like, let's go to Gladys Knight's for brunch. And again, I was a broke bitch. So (laughs) I called um, Gladys Knight's house of chicken and waffles, fully hungover and was just like, hi, um, Gladys, is she available? Okay, I have $10. What can I get? And the person walked me through exactly what I could get on the menu for $10. It was just, it's one of those kind of inside just like you had to be there for it to be funny, but it was amazing. Um, So that memory always sticks out in my mind about Gladys Knight. Um, I kind of wish that that restaurant would come back, but I understand why it hasn't, and I respect her choices. What I do wanna talk about when it comes to auntie culture, a website, a black website, the show may nameless here, is I don't wanna, you know, I don't delight in bringing other people down, especially my own people. They wrote a really interesting article about what an auntie is, The top aunties of all time. And let me say, I think I've said this on this podcast before, I have a hard time with performative blackness. And I know that my standard for that is really high because I'm from Atlanta and I always grew up around black people. I'm very secure in my identity as a black person, I'm very secure in what I know about black culture. I don't have anything to prove to anybody. So I have a hard time, I'm learning how to be sensitive to and extend grace to black people who didn't have the privilege of growing up in a black area. That article was not for somebody like me. That article was either for a white person who wants to understand what black Twitter is, or a black person who is finding their footing in their identity as a black person. But it was just not my vibe. And I just want to say black aunties are a beautiful and unique thing. A black auntie, obviously, can be somebody's mama, but she ain't your mama, and she's also she can be a grandma, but it's not the same thing. A good black auntie is a Mary J. Blige. She's older, but she's not old. She's freakishly fly. A good black auntie has a style that hinges upon extraness. Maybe the gold hardware and accessories are quite bold. Maybe they wear a lot of animal print. Back in my day, a good auntie gave you an aggressively metallic gold lip and like that orange, champagne, frosty nail polish. A good black auntie is gonna sneak you money. It's, it's nine times out of 10, it's gonna be a $50 bill that's folded up into quarters never in my life has anybody given me a $50 bill except for my aunties they're single-handedly keeping that denomination in rotation and I feel like the economy is boosted by black aunties giving out $50 bills like straight up tell me if anybody else has ever given you a $50 bill besides an auntie Your good black auntie might shade you on occasion but she not gonna let nobody else shade you she shows up to the function overdressed she has oodles of disposable income that's why she can always slide you a little something and she gonna tell you don't tell nobody that she gave that to you she don't want nobody in her business you know she has lived a life she's wise she can read a bitch down like she can clear a bitch but it's not gonna be in a way that's gonna be hurtful it's just like oof okay she meant that thing She's warm. She's kind. She cooks you significant meals. You go to an auntie's house and you just know that you're going to be taken care of. A relationship with a black auntie is like being enveloped in a hug that you need. And I find great comfort in my aunties. I find great comfort in becoming the wealthy sometimes shady don't take no shit but very very sweet very generous very kind auntie that I hope to be like that's what I'm growing into and just that knowledge that I have those black women to lean on gives me so much power and and I want to say resilience in life. They are just such a gift. One of my favorite podcasts that I listen to, See Something, Say Something, is a podcast by and about Muslim Americans. And I didn't know that in their culture, an auntie is kind of like a rule enforcer. Like, they're not really nice. They're not really friendly. And I found that so interesting that across across cultures, aunties can be different things. And I just... I'm so grateful for black aunties and I hope to continue to grow into my auntie-dom because it's really just like seasoned bad bitch territory, honestly. Cause Mary J. Blige don't always give us a over the knee, thigh high, stiletto boo. You know what I mean? Like, hello, what you mean? Fly, love. Uh, so those are two things really bringing me comfort right now in this just, shitstorm. Uh, like, I don't know what's going on, y'all. I, I can't call it. Everything's upside down. I'm just living life from one moment to the next and looking for comfort where I can. So that's two of them. The last thing that we need to touch on as a family. So I keep seeing these conversations about child support, about co-parenting, about what should happen and what shouldn't happen. And much of it is coming from celebrities. What I find confusing is some people are telling us their business and then getting really upset when we know their business or when we judge their business or their opinions. I don't understand why Summer Walker keeps getting on the internet telling us what she thinks about things that she has no knowledge of and then getting upset when people are like, Mm, that don't make sense. Like, that dog won't hunt. So, Summer Walker had smoke for future's possible baby mama. I don't know where they landed with that. About how much she wants for child support. And here's the thing about that. People who don't believe that a man should have to provide for their child... In alignment with what they make professionally I don't understand you people Um, I think it comes from misogyny both internalized and otherwise it seems like people want for children to be the sole responsibility of women and if a man decides that he doesn't want to take care of your child then that's on you you have somehow messed up and you need to figure it out. There's this romanticized idea about being a strong black single mother and things like that. I don't know if you guys know, but a lot of strong black single mothers are miserable as shit from having to have been that. There are some people nowadays, obviously, who choose that. They don't want a family in the traditional sense, and that's perfectly fine if you have the money to, to, to be that person. Do you, I support you. I just want people to understand, number one, it takes two people to make a baby. And unless you tricked tricked that man into doing the activities that results in a baby, you both entered into that situation with the same amount of risk and i just don't really understand why it becomes a woman's fault that she got pregnant as if the man didn't also agree to having unprotected sex with her and knowing what the risk was going to be. I have a really hard time with people who don't think that men should have to take care of children just because the man does not want the child. Well, you you, you took a calculated risk and this is what happened. I you know, The level of internalized misogyny that I see with women who are like you shouldn't even ask a man for blah 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 sweetie I am so single I only have to worry about myself and I can barely keep it together taking care of myself children are so expensive just because you can take care of a kid by yourself doesn't mean that you should have to. And a woman asking for a man to carry his weight in taking care of that child is not wrong. If you are making oodles and oodles of money, why should your child have to live a life way beneath the living standard of yours you shouldn't even as a person as an adult human being feel good about living a very lavish lifestyle when your kid is barely scraping by I understand oh I don't want to take care of her I want to take care of my kid well tragically (laughs) you don't get to make that choice if you don't want to be in that kind of you know situation be a little bit more choosy about who you have sex with who you have unprotected sex with but to vilify these women for just wanting their children to be taken care of in a way that is congruent with their with the father's income I just find that so puzzling what is so wrong with that there is no honor in struggling get that out of your head I don't care how you feel like you came up and your mom Your mom was tired as shit. Ask her. She may tell you the truth at this point. Okay? I can't imagine working a full day and then coming home and having to cook and clean and, and homework. And you got, what, maybe two, maybe an hour to yourself after that. You don't have time to work out. You don't have time to do self-care. It's all of these things that people just assume women are just supposed to take on. And it's just, in a, in a phrase, it's just not fair. And I'm over it. And I just want for women to want more for themselves. You do not have to accept a life of struggle. Everything that happens between you and a man is not solely your fault. Um, <laughs> You know, not to say that you are perfect just by virtue of being a woman. But you do have to hold people accountable for how they treat you. There is no honor in struggle. Fuck that. Demand what you need. Because these dudes going to live their life regardless. <laughs> these babies are not going to slow them down. And I just wish that we could support these women more. And I want for... I also want for these women to not feel so compelled to explain themselves and justify their choices all the time on social media. You don't owe us nothing, okay? If my mama approves of what I do, everybody else can kiss my ass, to be honest. If Vanessa good, I'm good. (laughs) So, you don't owe us no explanations, and to people like Summer Walker, If you put your opinion out there, and I say this as a person who puts my opinion out there, if you put your opinion out there, you have to be prepared for people to disagree with your opinion. It's not a personal attack on you as a celebrity. You are a person who put their opinion on the internet, and people do not have to agree with you. People do not have to hype you up. People shouldn't tear you down or make you feel, you know, say that you should die or anything like that, but people aren't obligated to agree with you just because you're a human person, like... You didn't think anything of sharing your opinion on these women's lives. You dehumanized them to an extent. So how can you be upset that people have thoughts about your thoughts? It's just kind of how life works, maybe? Put your phone down, journal, call a therapist, hop in your group chat, you know, girl, did you see X, Y, and Z? We all do it. It's fine. But if you cannot handle people having an opinion on your opinion, don't share it. Anyway, that's all I have for you guys this week. I hope you guys enjoyed it. I definitely feel better getting some of that off my chest. I'm going to continue binge watching Tracy Ellis Ross, who is queen of my life, on girlfriends again this show it just makes me feel good it's dramatic and at times I do feel stressed out but uh, it just makes me feel warm and long for a simpler time and shout out to Reggie Hayes who played William I feel like he just doesn't really get the attention that the ladies get and he was such a great comedic addition to this cast And just shouts out to him. You did your thing, and I hope that you're doing well, sir. You guys take care of yourselves. And until we speak again, um, hydrate, balance your peace.